It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement vows that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Dr. Medica, a podcast about two dads, one of us believing in the power of science, one of us believing in the power of Jesus, but both of us believing in the power of an ice cold beer. Oh, I love beer. Okay, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say that my office yeah. has gotten redone, okay. and everything's Ooh. going great, and things are running pretty smoothly, except for sometimes... What's that have to do with beer? In the midst of a visit, I run out of things. Beer? No. I don't drink beer when I'm working. But what I run out of more than anything is... Patience. I'm, I'm, no, no, definitely not running out of patience. No, 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 not, not P-A-T-I-E-N-T-S-P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. Patience. No, no, I'm doing okay there, but okay. I'll be in the midst. And I'm asking someone about their life and finding about their trials he and tribulations. Was in the midst. Well, they're finding memories of things that happened to them in their lives that you won't hear about. Finding out the memories. Well, you want to figure out why people feel why they feel. Why do they feel this way? And there's a connection that happens. And there's a connection. And then they start crying. I, listen, I don't. You can't make fun of my patients. I'm not. I'm just okay. Okay. I'm giving the example okay, of what I'm a cry sure sounds like. I think everybody knows what a cry sounds like, and I want people to feel comfortable that they can cry in my office. Well, but I mean, listen. There's a difference between like, um, like a little like sniffle, like oh, I just, oh, I never cry at these things, right? And then, and then there's like the wailing, the oh my god, I have it. Why? But it doesn't usually sound like that. But uh, people have real tears. I mean, people are brought to a I just, listen, look at me. I see you. I, I am emotional. I am aware that you're emotional. I love your emotions. In this I moment. Yeah, you're like a glass case of emotions. <laughs> glass case. And, and whenever this happens, whenever somebody's really, like, bawling, and I look I, and I, I want I, to I make sure you're, you're P-A-T-I-N-T-S. No, I am not mocking I, I'm getting a point across. Next time you're in for a physical and I give you an aggressive rectal exam and you start to cry, you know who's <laughs> not going to get a tissue is the deacon. So I will tell you that I always run out of tissues at the worst times. Ooh. And uh, then I'm like, I reach for it and it's not there. And then I, we have like a, a way that I can direct message my medical assistant. Luckily, she's amazing and she'll bring in tissues. But it's one of those things where you can never have enough tissues for tears to come, and I am glad that people feel vulnerable enough at times to cry at their doctor's visits. Well, it's obvious that you can never have enough tissue. I mean, do you remember that time? You remember that time when everybody was out of toilet paper? Oh, I do, I do, I do. Well, hopefully... Uh, Did you ever have to call anybody and, and, and ask for uh, additional supply, like in your personal supply at home? Was there ever a time that you were fearful that you were down to like a roll or two and that you could have run out? During. There was never a time, no. No, okay. No, no. We were pretty comfortable. We were pretty comfortable. Oh, because you're a hoarder? No, no, because I use a lot of fiber, so I don't have to use that many uh, tissues. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I don't have to go through a whole row. My five-year-old, sometimes I come in and I'm like, girl, what are you doing with all that toilet paper? Crazy. Does she cry a lot? 
Uh, not anymore. I mean, she cries, but not, not a lot recently. Okay. But my office goes through a lot of tissues. And I mean, you know who what? do you think cries more, kids or adults? Is there a study on that? There isn't, but I, I feel like there is something that we always yell at our children that maybe we shouldn't. Stop which, crying! Stop crying. And there are times where, you know, children sometimes are going through different stuff. You know, kids bully. My son and I have both grown, grown long hair, and at times kids are not nice. And if you To know, you? No, no. Kids, kids are nice to me, but sometimes kids aren't nice to other kids. And, and have I, you had a kid pick on you in your office about your long hair? <laughs> I have not had a kid pick on me. Okay. I'm not. But like, if one of my children is crying, yeah. I'm trying to get good at not saying, hey, stop crying. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to show your tears. Yeah. And so what's the first the thing we, we should do? do? Uh, assess? Yes. I feel like, is there a prescription? Do you have for that? We, we assess where the tears are coming from. Is there a, a physiological response? Well, that, if, yeah. I mean, in me, mm-hmm. if you're crying because I wouldn't give you more goldfish or because I took away your tablet, it's appropriate to yell, stop crying. Okay. And if, if whenever you, you tell your child, you're only crying because you're tired. It, that, they don't understand that. That's, That's like, not helpful. Is that like telling your wife, you're only yelling at me because you're disappointed in yourself? <laughs> oh, I would never say that. <laughs> oh, my God. How are you still alive? You don't say things like that, do you? I didn't say Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm so proud of you, wifey. I would never. Well, of course. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, but, you know, that's probably. Have you ever. But told, that's probably happened. If you tell them, if, you, if I tell my wife to just calm down, that normally works. <laughs> or, you know, for people that are anxious. Telling them to relax, not helpful. That's perfect. Relax. Do you know you should relax? (laughs) So tears. Tears are a clear liquid secreted from the lacrimal glands that are found in mammals. Except for, guess what animals uh, don't have lacrimal glands and cry? Dolphins. Goats and rabbits. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. They lubricate our eyes. They remove irritants. And they aid in our immune system. I'm gonna come closer. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can remove an irritant. What do you mean? Oh, with your, your tears? Yes. Okay. You're, I thought you were saying I was irritating. I'm yes, like, I've been you're so the irritant. Well. I'm gonna see if I can remove okay, you. Okay. Okay. And tears may sense biological function by excreting stress-inducing hormones, and that is why sometimes tears are used in an emotional way for humans. Do people like? So I've seen things where people have dry eye and they like collect tears to use those tears to create more tears. Are tears like, if they're, if they're around more tears, they know that there's tears nearby and they start to create tears? Like, Well, kind of. When you have dry eye, either due to the eyelid not closing well enough or you're on medications that cause dryness, what happens is... Your body's trying to make more tears to lubricate your eyes. But yeah. quite a significant dry eye can cause an itchy sensation, a gritty sensation. It can make people go. They'll come in and be like, my eyes are watering all the time. And I go, oh, you have dry eye. Yeah. And they go, well, no, my eyes are watering all the time. Why would I have dry eye? And it's one of those paradoxical conditions that you find in medicine. So tears are kind of like that thirsty girl. You ever been to the bar and there's like, a, there's like one girl you can tell is really thirsty and then... All of a sudden, it reproduces an area of more thirsty girls, and, and it's like they, they, they congregate together. Uh, and I feel like tears do the same thing. If, if they're around other tears, then they start producing more tears. Is that right? 
I don't know that that is scientific, that thirsty girls equal more thirsty girls and tears equal more tears, but I love the idea. And my hometown bar where I grew up was called Thirsty's. Woo! Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll do a study on that. I would like uh, I would like the National Institute of Health to consider evaluating <laughs> evaluating yes. how thirsty girls reproduce. Tears are made up of water, electrolytes, proteins, lipid, and mucins, and there are three layers to tears: the liquid layer, the aqueous layer, and the mucus layer. And there are different types of tears. So, three. Hold on. Three layers: liquid, aqueous, and mucus. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Exactly. Look at that. Look at that. Look at it that. all comes back to Jesus. I love Not it. Not only that, there are three layers to tears. There are actually three types of tears. Again with the three. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So we have basal tears, and these are the ones used to keep your eyes uh, moisturized. Okay. We have reflex tears. These are like environmental response. So if you have allergies or if you get pepper sprayed. Or onions. Oh, my gosh. Pepper sprayed. Could I pepper spray you? For you for our YouTube videos? No, no, I've oh never. Oh I've never. I been. probably can get some pepper spray on Amazon Prime. It'll be here by tomorrow at noon. I've never been pepper sprayed, but I have made really spicy guacamole and then wiped my eyes. Is that the same? Um, almost. It's a lot funnier. I would like to have our listeners <laughs> chime in and let me know. Would you like me to pepper spray the <laughs> no, This is not. People quite enjoy it when I put you through things. Okay. And third, emotional tears. And emotional tears are actually found to have adrenocorticotropic hormones in them. And yeah. leukine and cephalid, leucine and kephalin hormones as well in them. So emotional tears are found to have different type of hormones inside of them than some of the other tears that we find. Are they different? Emotional tears... Are they like any other secretions in our body? Do they have the same makeup? I don't know that answer. I don't believe anything is quite like tears. Okay. But. Like, I didn't know, you know, because there's like sweating from working out, right? I wonder if sweat is the same. Like, you know, there's, you know, you're sweating when you're working out. And then there's like that sweat from like the meat sweats. Oh yeah. You know, when you've had too much barbecue. Or anxiety. Or anxiety. Or there's like, is there, and then there's a physiological response, like your body is overdoing something and you start sweating, right? Like, like not, not from stress, but maybe from your body uh, shutting down in an area and, and you start to sweat, Oh right? yeah. If I get real behind in patients, I start yeah. to sweat. If I have to go to the bathroom and I'm like in the midst of a visit, and a patient's crying, and I don't want to go, I'm so sorry. I know that we're talking about, like, some losses and trauma you've had, but I really have to move my piles, and so I'm going to have to pop out real quick. I start to sweat then a little, too, which happens. That's an uncomfortable conversation. Uh, I don't have it. I just push through. Yeah. Or I go, oh, I need an EKG quickly. And they're like, why do you need an EKG? And I was like, oh, because I may put you on some meds. And then I run to go to the bathroom and then yeah. I come back. I actually had somebody get an EKG in the middle of a visit recently because yeah. I had to go to the bathroom. The patient did need an EKG and the patient was not <laughs> crying. But I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. What am I going to do? And I was like, you know, oh. I want to see an EKG right now. Yeah. He's like, right now? Right, yes. He's like, you usually order it at the end. I was like, now. Now, if now, we do it, now. Yeah, if we do it right now, it's a, it's, yes. a, it's a, like a pop and I, and I went And I went like running and, I, and my, my medical assistant was like, what are you doing? I was like, EKG, EKG in room seven. She's like, where are you going? I was like, to think about the EKG. <laughs> so there is actually this disorder okay. that can make people cry inappropriately. 
Oh. Yeah. It's called the pseudobulbar affect. And this is where you get sudden episodes of uncontrollable, inappropriate, either crying or laughter. Well, so here's what I'm going to... You know what I was going to say? Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, it's not, but it is. So my sister and now my middle daughter respond inappropriately to confrontation. Wow. So I remember as a kid when, my, when, my, when somebody would get really mad at my sister, she would laugh. Hmm. And my middle daughter is the same way. If I'm talking to her about something and I'm like, listen, your behavior is unacceptable and I'm, we're really talking about it. How mad does that make you? And she starts laughing. And I'm like, if I had never dealt with it before in my sister, I wouldn't know that it was possible to actually be a physiological response. Wow. Right? Now, I did not know that there was a medical diagnosis for it. Right, but I knew that it happened because I've experienced it. Because I watch it and I say, "No, I'm really upset with you," and you're laughing. And she recognizes that she doesn't mean to be laughing, but she doesn't know how to respond. Her other option, I think, her body's other option would be to be in such distress that laughter. Her body chooses that option wow. to say to protect her. So that gives me an idea for a skit. You ready? Okay. So I'm going to be the priest. When I point it, <laughs> is that an appropriate part? Yeah. Time for no, 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 no. And when I and you're gonna play your daughter, okay. You're gonna play Olivia, okay. And when I point at you, you laugh. How many Hail Marys do I got? Hold on, don't worry yet. Okay. And then they took Jesus and put him up on a cross and put nails. <laughs> in no, you're supposed to start laughing. No. Have like, you, like, has there ever been a time in church where they were something, saying something bad that happened to Jesus and your daughter was like, oh. <laughs> that was no, hilarious. No, no. It's not like that. When she's personally feels in trouble. Oh, okay, okay. So However, when, I, they're, when they're talking about like some of the people that Moses and Elijah and Samson murdered, she doesn't laugh in the background? Well, Moses murdered one guy. I don't think Elijah... I, mean, I didn't even know... Did. Moses murdered just as many... Well, you know what? At least OJ murdered more people than Moses. That's true. Um, and Elijah, he didn't kill anybody necessarily. He just called down fire on a bowl. And then when it comes to... Who's the other person? Samson. Samson. I mean, that's a little... I just named three people from yeah. the Bible that actually killed people. Yes. Oh, my gosh. But this I, is the word of God. There are Christians out there who, who refuse to watch the Passion of the Christ because they get so... Uh, emotional watching the torture that Jesus went through. In fact, I don't know if we've ever talked about the actor that, that played on that. Uh, uh, I've, I've muted Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's some... But the, the guy who played Christ in that talks a lot about the emotion yeah. of going through and what his body went through. He hasn't gotten many roles since that. No. Well... Yeah, that's got to be tough. That's got to be tough. And I am excited for next time I see your family because no matter what, I'm going to say something mean to your daughter to see if she cries. Oh my gosh. Or laughs. Or laughs. Or laughs. So, pseudobulbar effect. Okay. This is damage to the prefrontal cortex and it's not connected to your emotional state. And crying actually happens more than laughing. This is usually short in duration. This is, happens due to stuff that happens to your brain. A stroke, multiple sclerosis, traumatic brain injury, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, 
And, you know, there are some meds to treat it, but it, for family members, is really a difficult thing. People start crying, they start laughing right away, and it, and it's quite difficult for them. There's also a thing called Bogard syndrome, and this is damage to the facial nerve. Xander, Xander Bogard? Bogard, B-O-G-O-R-A-D apostrophe S. Okay. And this is damage to the nerves that go to the salivary glands, and they're improperly connected to the lacrimal glands. And basically, when smelling or eating, these people cry. Oh, yeah, from damage to one of the cranial nerves in the face that will cause this, hey, you cry every time you eat, not just with the onions. There was a study from the 1980s that showed that women cry. Oh, let me guess. Let me, a question for you. Okay. Who do you think cries more per month, women or men? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> do you have pseudo bubble effect? <laughs> Okay, next. <laughs> no, so the answer is women. Yes. <laughs> they cry on average 5.3 times per month, and men cry on average 1.3 times per month. By the way, I live with uh, uh, four women. Uh, I am surrounded by them. I love them. I absolutely uh, think it's important to release your emotions. Thank you. I agree. He just showed me some crocodile tears. <laughs> crocodile What's a crocodile tears. tear? So crocodiles, who are not considered to be thoughtful of others in the world, okay. do still cry at times and show tears. And then they will try to eat you. Oh. So it's kind of like, you know. It's not emotional. It's not a yes, real emotion. Yes. Okay. So show me those crocodile tears. Right? Okay. Those are the I've tears. I've heard the statement. I yeah, just don't think yeah. I knew when what you, it was. When you want that new video game or you want to download this new social media app and you're a kid and you look at your parents and like everyone has it and then you give me one of those fake tears. Uh-huh. I go, don't give me those crocodile tears. Do you actually say that to your kids? You use the word crocodile tears? I have not. No, no. But I'm going to after today. Will you, do you ever talk about Crocodile Dundee and how he died? With the kids. You call that a knife? <laughs> no, but Crocodile Dundee was the man. He and was. I think all of us have loved Australians more ever since. The average crying session lasts, guess how long? The average crying session, 18 seconds. Eight minutes. Okay. Which is probably longer than it took the deacon to make all three of his children. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I actually have a favorite quote about crying. Are you ready? It is from Washington Irving. Which is who? He is a famous. He's a famous like author and poet. <laughs> he's a famous. Did guy. you really ask me who Washington yeah, Irving is? I That's got okay. It. That's I okay. Got That's okay. It. okay if you don't. So this is my boy Washington Irving. Okay, we're not actually friends. Okay, but he's still my boy. There is a sacredness in tears. They are not a mark of weakness, but of power. They speak more eloquently than ten thousand tongues. They are the messengers of overwhelming grief, of deep contrition, and of unspeakable love. You know, I would agree with that. You know, there's a story in the Bible. So I don't know if you know about uh, Abraham and his wife and the struggles that they had having a child. And Abraham, you know, God had promised Abraham that he would turn him into a great nation one day. And Abraham had... He's not not only going to be a guy, but he's going to be a great nation. Yeah. So his name was Abram at the time. And he was married and he had been married to Sarah for... Ever, and he did not trust that he would have a child with Sarah. So he got this woman named uh, Hagar pregnant, uh, who was the their their like servant. 
slash bridesmaid. It sounds like a handmaid from The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets Hagar pregnant. She has a child, Ishmael. And then Sarah gets pregnant. Now, now at this time, Abraham is like 100 years old when Sarah has a baby. Who, like Mick Jagger, yeah. who just has a three-year-old. And she has baby Isaac. And Sarah is frustrated. That is she an Izzy? <laughs> she's frustrated that Hagar's still around with her kid. She's like, yeah, but I'm the real wife. I got the kid. So you got this other kid running around our tent. Well, maybe things haven't changed so much in yeah. the world since, uh, yeah. So, so she says, you know what? Abraham, she got to get, that kid's got to go or I got to go. You yeah. pick. So Abraham says, okay. So Hagar, you got to get rid of this kid. So she takes the kid, she puts him there, and she wants to leave him to die. And he starts crying. God hears his cry. Oh, comes, my God! Comes down and says, listen. This baby's crying. They're going to get rid of this baby? He's just going to die. And Hagar says, I can't, I can't leave him by the bush and just let him die. So God there's says, a lot of bushes in the Bible, too. Yeah, there's a burning bush. There's yeah. a, a talking bush. There's lots of bushes. So God says to, to Hagar, says, grab the boy. I'm going to turn him into a great nation as well. So this kid goes from dying to a great nation? Goes from dying. He has 12 children who become uh, 12 leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. Wow. He would get a TLC show now for that many kids. Absolutely. Yeah. So God heard the tears, right? The yeah. crying, yeah. which you talked and said, the t- what, did, what did Washington Irving say? The tears could produce what? A thousand, what are you saying? They speak more eloquently more than 10,000 tongues. 10,000 tongues. So God heard the tears and then grabbed Ishmael. They're messengers of unspeakable love. Yeah. So God's love rained down on Ishmael and saved him from this crying boy who was left to die to then uh, reproducing and creating him, turning into a great nation. Now later, he also tells Isaac, uh, he also tells Abraham to take Isaac up to a mountain and kill him just to see if um, if Abraham's faithful enough to uh, lose the... To, he was 100 when he had this kid. And God said, if you really trust me, you'll take the kid, the one kid I gave you from your wife, Sarah, at 100. You never thought you would have. You'll take that kid up to the mountain and you'll kill him. And then I'll bless you. And then as he was about to draw the knife... Uh, to his throat oh, kill him. Lord, don't do it. God said, Abraham, don't. Do it. don't. I, oh, see your, I see your faith. Yeah. My promise to you is restored. Just when he realized yeah. he took a knife and went up there, did he have to even pull it out and put it to his throat? Well, you always wonder, like you ever watch those movies where somebody puts a knife to somebody's throat and then you wonder, like what if their phone rings and they're like, oh crap, I gotta get that. Oh my gosh. Like there's always that one little slip you're waiting to happen. Have you, I've never held a knife to anybody's throat. No, I'm not Crocodile Dundee. No, I've never. Uh, no. So I. So the tears from Ishmael spoke more eloquently. Wow. And uh, turned him. They they were fruitful. Wow. Well, that is an amazing story from the Bible. Yeah. I am glad that God came in and saved this young child. I think we just could have taken care of this child. I don't know. He had to be turned into a nation and have twelve children and have, they have twelve nations. Well, things were different back then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> things were but they really weren't that different. In certain ways, they were not. He could have been a Kardashian. In fact, that may be where some of the Kardashians came from. Yeah. Well, it sounds of like the, the other guy was Rob Ishmael. Kardashian. <laughs> so 
Now, are you ready for the game? Right, I'm going to name two movies. Okay. And you're going to tell me which one you think there would be a better chance would make you cry. Okay. Number one. Marley and Me. Okay. Or Titanic. Marley and Me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, having an animal die is much yeah, yeah, more yeah. sadder to me than watching Leonardo DiCaprio die. Are you ready for the next one? Next. My Girl. Yep. Or Beaches. So... My Girl was one of my favorite movies uh, growing up, and I have watched it many times and cried many times when he gets stung by those bees, and uh, I, I can almost cry right now. My Girl. Yeah. 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 Well, I agree. I agree. I will tell you the last... She was... Oh, that's a great movie. I'll tell you the last movie that made me cry a lot was... It was based on a book. It was called Room... Oh, yeah, with Brie Larson? Yeah, yeah. Where this little boy was born inside a room because she had been, you know, uh, sexually yeah. assaulted and was locked in a room. And how this young woman did everything to make this boy's life feel like it was normal. Mm. I mean, throughout the entire movie, I couldn't hold off. I didn't, you know, these were tears that could not stop coming. And in situations like this, I think creativity... And the stories of people's lives and the ability to make us brought to tears is something pretty amazing. Yeah. And I think we need to embrace it. I mean, we watched Pete's Dragon as a family and had to stop it three times because the kids, I don't know if you've seen the whole thing, the new one, the kids were so emotional. We just, we almost couldn't make it through the movie, but then we talked to them and said, hey, embrace your emotions. Yeah. But then also learn... Not how to control them, not just to say stop crying, but learn how to how to um, to impact to let them to understand the impact they have on you, yeah, and then also make sure that you put them in the, in the right context mm. and in the right place, right because you know emotions can be things that if left like a horse without a saddle, without any reins that we can reel in and understand how to take control of, then they really take over and they have control. And the reality is we have the ability to measure our responses to things. And it's okay for them to become overwhelming at times, but then we also need to be able to take that pause yeah. and then look at them and say, hey, is, is, is this response measured with the same emotion with the effect of the event that happened. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes there are things that we just won't get over that we'll cry over and over and over again. So at this point, and I'm going to ask you these questions and then I'm going to answer them to give you a second to think. Okay. And it is, when is the last time you cried for joy? And when is the last time you cried for sadness? And I will go first. I know for sadness, it's very easy for me. And I'm sure there's been times where I've had tears and a disagreement with a family member. But the last time I I was truly brought to tears was when uh, my partner, uh, my work partner, Dr. Kevin Melnick, uh, not as much even when he died, but his last day when he left the office and he loved practicing medicine so much. Mm. But his last day, he had brain cancer and he has since passed and... uh, he kind of fell 
trying to carry the computer, which he always hated doing the electronic medical records. And he had all his paperwork and he knew he was going home and, and wasn't going to work anymore. But he was like, hey, can you guys pack up my paperwork? And him and my partner, we kind of helped carry him down. And he's like, I'm going to do everything I can. I want to be back. I'm sorry, you guys are going to have extra work. And obviously he knew and we knew that he was very sick, but he loved the art of medicine and he was just such a great man that it definitely brought me to tears just seeing someone who was so strong and amazingly brilliant yeah. realize that, hey, this was over for now, but he wasn't ready to give up. And some of the paperwork he put in the back of like labs he had to review and things, I was like, hey, do you mind if I take some of these and sign <laughs> off on them? And he's like, no, I don't mind. But then him and my other partner just looked at each other and you know, we told him we loved him and cried and realized that you know each one of us has a different trip on this life a different journey and to uh you know my good friend kevin uh richard melnick i love you and uh i know i probably cried at your funeral but the last time i remember really weeping was yeah. was walking him out and realizing that was the end um, and then times where you know you cry for joy is all the people i realize that care about me you know, and there are times where you see that people do things for you and tears come out. And um, one of the times I remember is at the uh, you know end of one of my birthday parties when Franchise wrote a song about my life. And I definitely had tears of joy at the end. Oh, and that's so I want to awesome. give a shout out to Franchise. I remember my, uh, my, my cousin in Virginia, her husband had glioblastoma. Same thing as my partner, Dr. Melnick. And, uh, and he fought and fought and fought. And to see the love between the two of them when he died, when Kevin... Uh, Jenkins passed away I remember crying and watching her even though she knew it was going to come and she had said goodbye to him yeah. the tears that still flowed and to this day it's been over a year and uh, and she still has that same hole right and so you see that and you see that emotion in people yeah. and you feel blessed because I haven't experienced that kind of loss in someone that is my immediate family yet, you yeah. know? Um, and then for Joy, you know, I'm lucky enough to part-time do this coaching thing at Orange Theory. And when you see the impact, I, this one girl, Leanne, I've seen her form improve. I've seen her body change, the body composition. You've seen her achieve goals and set new goals. And I remember one day just watching her do something, saying, man, I remember when you couldn't even do a push-up. And I was like, yo, your form... This is crazy. And she ran this mile. I was like, oh my God, sitting there and just crying. Like, man, to watch someone that whose life you've impacted change is really cool. And I'm sure you've experienced that from a medical perspective as well. Of course. Of course. Well, I think we've learned yep. that tears can be good. You know where I know there's tears. Where? Everybody says it's it's a happy place, but I know I know there's tears in heaven. You do? Yeah. Would you know my name if I saw you in heaven? Would it be the same if I saw you in heaven? I must be strong and carry on. Cause I know I don't belong. 
here in heaven. Two things you can count on. The doc is in. And the deacon will definitely be in heaven. <laughs> Thank you so much. Listen, Chai's uh, recently celebrated birthday. We love you, buddy. Uh, thank you for all you do for this podcast, the music you create, and your influence in our lives. Yep. Our producer, Tucker Butler. Tucker Butler. Thank you, buddy. Our television show producer, John Woman. Yeah. Word. And our lovely wives. Our beautiful wives. Follow us on social media. Yeah. You can find Instagram, uh, at Doc and the Deacon. Uh, Twitter. At Doc Deacon. Facebook. Doc and the Deacon. You know, so many Those things. Yeah. Peace. Excellent brain trust to market it brandness that's set in stone like the Ten Commandments. This show gon' be around for infinite years. I think we can all agree on ice cold beers. 100% authentic, you can't fake it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. So knowledgeable, take a lot of facts in. Now I'm coming to close it like a Roldis Chapman.